global bond markets have sold off sharply this morning after a key official at the US Federal Reserve warned any rate cuts this year were likely to be smaller than in the past. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ New Zealand economist Andre Castain went deep into last year's GDP figures and found the worst per capita recession in 15 years. The much larger factor in GDP per capita is our extraordinary net migration growth, which has contributed close to 130,000 new net migrants into New Zealand, boosting our population, but meaning that per person, there's much less activity going on. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, the US 10-year Treasury yield jumped 13 basis points to a one-month high of 4.08% this morning, after the US Federal Reserve Board Governor, Christopher Waller, said the Fed should not rush to cut rates too much or too early this year. That drove the US dollar up against both the Aussie and Kiwi dollars and drove US stocks lower in late trade, the S&P 500 down about 0.5%. The Aussie dollar was at 65.82 US cents at 5 o'clock Sydney Melbourne time. That's down from 66.6 US cents yesterday, while the Kiwi dollar dropped to 61.36 US cents from just on 62 last night. Of course, as US interest rates rise relative to other interest rates, that makes the US dollar relatively more attractive. ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, wrote this morning the tone of Waller's speech was that inflation is improving, but the Fed can move carefully and cautiously and must be sure that the recent improvement in core inflation is not transitory. The markets then dialed back the extent of how much they expected the Fed to cut interest rates this year, with the chances of a cut in March dropping to 60%, as measured by the market, from 80%. Number two, China's Premier Li Qiang surprised markets overnight by announcing China's GDP grew 5.2% in 2023. And he did it in a speech at the World Economic Forum at Davos overnight. The surprise was the numbers weren't due until later today. That 5.2% is above the government's 5% target for growth for 2023 and was up from the COVID-affected 3% in 2022 but it was broadly in line with the market consensus expectations. ANZ's chief economist for Greater China, Raymond Yung, says the market is looking ahead now into 2024, and China's economy isn't quite so strong. The reality is that the growth momentum has been still be very, very weak, especially on the demand side. So the authorities, or the government, still need to do something. For example, monetary policy easing, fiscal policy boosting, and also to think about what type of uh, structural reform will be able to turn the economy around and to lift the productivity, so and so forth. There are lots of uh, issues that the Beijing really need to address uh, in 2024. Number three, New Zealand business confidence rebounded sharply in the December quarter as the government there changed to a national-led government and there was some improvement in the outlook for skilled labour and unskilled labour availability, and also an expectation that prices and wages wouldn't rise so fast. ANZ New Zealand economist Andre Castain. 
the New Zealand economy had a second wind in late 2024, with firms reporting that domestic trading activity was up, capacity utilisation was up, and that overall things seemed a bit better than they had done the previous quarter. In terms of labour availability, labour is now much easier to find uh, than it was, with most firms reporting that it's now easy to find both skilled and unskilled labour. And on the cost and pricing pressures front, both of those measures declined, which will be good news for the Reserve Bank. Number four, India's core inflation rate has come down quite strongly and is now under the 4% target that the Reserve Bank of India looks for. Here's ANZ economist in India, Dirajnim. So for December, that number came in at 3.9%, and we expect this could go even lower in the coming months. What's strange about this is that this this kind of a print, such low inflation, uh, core inflation is historically rare, and it has only happened twice in the last decade, and traditionally is associated with economic weakness in the economy. Now, in India's current economic context, growth is pretty strong, as everybody knows, and despite that, core inflation is falling, which is a bit of a surprise. Number five. And lastly, the focus in global markets tonight is on US retail sales figures and Eurozone inflation figures. They'll both play into expectations of when the US Federal Reserve and the European Central Bank can start cutting interest rates. Now, in our bonus deep dive interview, I asked ANZ New Zealand economist Andre Castain about whether New Zealand's economy actually had a recession last year. New Zealand's GDP has fallen 0.6% over the last year. While it didn't fall in every quarter of that year, notably in Q3 uh, 2023 it rose, it does look a lot like a recession in that the measures that the United States uses to assess whether their economy is in recession look very soft and for the most part negative throughout economic activity, however less so in the labour market. The labour market is a point of strength here. I will note that the one quarter that GDP did rise was the quarter where New Zealand was recovering from Cyclone Gabriel and the Auckland floods, which provided a one-off temporary boost to GDP and underlying GDP momentum was relatively weak that quarter. So one of the big changes in the last couple of years for the New Zealand economy has been a sharp rise in population growth through net migration. Could you tell us about what's happening with per capita GDP? GDP per capita is very soft in New Zealand at the moment. GDP per capita declined 3% in the past year, which is around equal to its trough during the recession following the GFC. In part, that is because headline activity is weak, but the much larger factor in GDP per capita is our extraordinary net migration growth, which has contributed close to 130,000 new net migrants into New Zealand, boosting our population, but meaning that per person, there's much less activity going on in New Zealand right now. What would you expect GDP to do through the rest of 2024? And, and how might the Reserve Bank view it? We're expecting headline GDP to remain quite soft through the rest of 2024. However, we don't expect it to post more negative prints uh, in Q4 2023 or in 2024. 
We think the Reserve Bank will view this as what is likely to be needed in order to pull the last weeds of inflation out of the system, in that they've very clearly indicated that a prolonged period of subdued growth is likely to be required, and we can see that through the IMF's measures of the output gap. New Zealand had the highest output gap across many OECD economies both last year and the year, year before, and that means that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand has more work to do than other central banks, and so this longer period of subdued growth will still be very helpful to them. Have they been successful in creating a recession to uh, bring inflation under control? We think they have in terms of activity. Activity measures are very soft. However, the labour market is still looking relatively robust. We expect the labour market to deteriorate relatively rapidly over the first half of 2024 and for that to reduce the core inflationary pressure in the New Zealand economy. However, that is going to come with a lot of pain for people in New Zealand. Um, there will be uh, some people who lose their jobs through that and already to date in New Zealand 22,000 more people are unemployed than at the start of 2022. However, so far we have not yet seen the fall in inflation back in the RBNZ's band and so there's still a way to go there to cool that core inflationary pressure. Andre Castain there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Wednesday, January the 17th. Look out tomorrow for the latest on US retail sales and Eurozone inflation. Those figures out tonight. And a preview of Australian jobs data tomorrow. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.